0: No. no.
1: And what is that chicken
0: scratch? That's my writing. As you know, I was educated at the finest of West Side Schools. Lord what Bing, here we go.
1: What's up guys? Welcome back to this week's Sharp Stories. Thank you for that. Jay is on the video as you can clearly tell. Uh, we're, today we're gonna be talking about whether some of these incentives and these things are really no. supporting. Today the we're market. talking about
0: the government Easy. is choosing to cripple. Aspects of the market to help, where they could very easily, productively, positively, uh, be impacting the market in very different segments of said market. To keep, as,
1: as, as always, Jay McKinnon is keeping it extremely positive. No, no, we're talking about the government. <laughs> What's up guys, welcome back to this week's Sharp Stories, today we're going to be talking about whether some of these changes or need be changes are crippling the market or whether they're helping the market and some of our recommendations of course because 9.9 times out of 10 we actually know what we're talking about, which is strange as professionals who work in this business regularly. What say you? So yes, that's kind of the topic. No, that is the topic, kind of. Info. We're gonna...
0: kind of we're gonna go into what could proactively be done towards assisting the market as opposed to the crippling that's being done to assist the market. Okay, that's a better description.
1: Okay, well, uh, as you say and do, let's get rolling. Okay, so I think most importantly, come on. Come on, come on. Most importantly, let's have it. Most importantly, uh, start off with the cooling off period. That's the latest one, which has just been thrown out there. The latest cripple. Uh, it's the cooling off period is too late, to be honest. It's like bringing the ketchup to the table once the fries have already been eaten. Uh, it's still there, it can be used, but it's really not serving its purpose. Can it be used? Uh, it's fries uh, are gone. That's no, this whole other debate but nonetheless the idea of it originally started when they were trying to cool the market down obviously the market has already cooled it's not even due to take effect until January of next year January 1 2023 and essentially instead of the original I think it was 14 day cooling off period if it's subject free now you have three days as a buyer um, with the idea of getting your financing and your inspection in place within those three days and so then you can still have that while writing a subject free offer however the market is not extremely busy anymore so most people are getting that in fact they're actually getting about a week or more to have these subjects now and it's only going to mess things up more when things do get busy because you can pull out for three days for any reason Uh, you pay a minimal fee which is 0.25 yeah 0.25% 0.25% 2500
0: bucks so, every million
1: 2500 bucks every million so 250 every 100,000 and all that's going to happen is properties are available on Monday taking offers on Monday there's multiple properties that you're interested in you're going to write on all of them and your most favorite one here. if your most favorite one you get it you're going to stick with it and then you're going to say no to all of the rest even though you got accepted offers so it's one of those things which is, I, honestly, I think it's a token effort. No it's, it's a to, no, it's a token effort to make it look like we're doing something versus, oh no, actually, this is going to cripple the market and this is not going to help in any way. So anyone, of course it's been
0: produced as a finished product after, again, the market has
1: cooled. And I don't think we're going to see multiple offer frenzies for quite some time. So okay. So here's my thought on this. I don't think it will necessarily become a problem too soon because it doesn't really become a problem until there are multiple offers and people are pulling out because the market has slowed and people have enough time to do their subjects. I don't think you're going to see people utilizing this and and pulling out at all. But when the market eventually does get busy, I actually think it's going to be something that will end up being scrapped. Uh, BC is the only place to put it in effect. I think the rest of the provinces are going to look at us and see okay well is this actually going to do anything no it's going to make it worse when the market's busy so we'll old-fashioned virtue signal
0: as usual it's a token okay it's a token so uh back to the topic of the video this is
1: the topic
0: no it's not That's crippling fine crippling
1: or helping the market
0: no so yes that was a cripple um which they've done so things that they could do that are proactive steps towards the market that are not crippling the market is mm-hmm. the topic of the video. So, we're gonna start that with the biggest one which is very, very strict and as we, your uh, sleuthing research found yesterday, very dated zoning uh, restrictions in place all over the city. So those are slowly but surely loosening on artery streets as we know, right across the water here, the Brard. Uh, or Broadway uh, corridor plan and all that. So very slowly are these densities being put in place. Uh, But if we go the exact extreme, which is our friends over the pond in Japan, you can simply do whatever you want, essentially wherever you want. You'll have a skyscraper and then a single family detached house. Mm -hmm. So if you do or don't want that, that's fine, but it's not highly crippling the market so loosening zoning restrictions would be a massive one now my small caveat if I was in charge in that nice building right there of course would be don't touch anything west of Alma mm-hmm. because that's kind of the pinnacle and we just don't want to mess with that but uh, this side I think all the zoning should be opened up and I think that would be a huge one then your two cents before we move on
1: I would appreciate just a, a genuine solid revision of or review of the zoning because a lot of these zoning principles were put in place in the early 2000s, and according to Metro stats, Vancouver had a population of about 2.1 million in 2005, and that's now gone up to just under or just over 2.6 million. So these zoning laws were taken into effect, where or these zoning bylaws were taking into effect about 500,000 ish uh, less people, which this is a controversial point and i know not a lot of people are going to agree with this i think density should change as population grows i don't think and we've had to do that to a certain extent you can't take vancouver back in 1900 and expect it to accommodate the density that we have now in the same way you're not going to be able to take vancouver in 2022 now with us continually growing and be able to accommodate it in 2050. So I think density needs to change. Otherwise, it's going to continuously be a problem. Um, That's a larger debate, but I would just like to see some of these zoning zoning areas reviewed. I mean, oh, look, there goes those pivotal notes that you had. Um, But some of these like RT zones, for example, it's everyone knows a big push has been duplexes. Duplexes have become very popular with buyers uh, as well as developers and builders but a lot of these RT 10 zonings and stuff only allow for like a 0.6 FSR which is minimal compared to depending on the land point what you can get up to like 0.7 or 0.75, 0.8 in some cases it makes a huge difference which makes it unprofitable which means that less get built and then we don't have the we don't have more homes so just an update because they've been operating since the early 2000s with minor revisions in between so it's something which needs to be undertaken they were talking about doing a lot of these talks before covid and actually that slowed everything down and they take time anyway unfortunately because of all of the red tape and the bureaucracy that goes into it so they need to kind of get on that asap thank you for that there two you go cents. just my quick two cents okay uh they need to give more buyer incentives Buyer incentives? Buyer incentives. So as we know- Well, 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 what are you talking about? The Liberal government have announced something that they will give you $500 towards purchasing a home. What the hell, what what, more more do you want? virtue signal. It's
0: not gonna do anything, but they're saying, look, we did something. So um, property transfer tax rebate up to 525 for first time buyers. Um, You can use now 35,000 each from your RSPs. They're all irrelevant. It's not doing anything on the price points that people are expected to pay here. Um, well,
1: if you look at the uptake of the first-time buyers incentive, it's just minimal. It's, because it can't yeah. be used here. And then they secretly put in the, the minimum loss that they're willing to undertake that's as well. A whole, that's a whole different program, so, which I'm not even going to talk about. But, um, so we
0: need things like that, expand that. No matter the purchase price, property transfer tax should be voided for any first-time buyer. In my opinion yeah and any level of rsp as its mandatory payback should be allowed to be used it mm-hmm. incentivizes saving and investing period by doing mm-hmm. that so things like that instead of putting these caps um
1: loosening these cripples uh okay so my my quick two cents on that the problem with most of these incentives is they're federal and they are nationwide Buying a home in Calgary, is very different to buying a home in, in Vancouver. The same you go everywhere. You can't have a one size fits all. You
0: can, because if the purchase price in Vancouver is 700 and the purchase price of the same thing in Calgary is 400 and it's a first time buyer, they don't pay property transfer tax. No,
1: no, no, I'm for that. I'm for that. But when you're talking about like how it is now, like where you have limits, something which is under 500 or under 535 or something like that it doesn't work because property prices vary so much and even now i would say that needs to be adjusted because of the way homes have increased it's become even more irrelevant because it's even now it's way harder now post COVID to get something for even within that range so that needs to be adjusted for sure and it needs to be adjusted based on the area in which you're in and the boundaries because they can split up speculation tax and everything based on municipality so they can they can do it oh yeah of course So that's another one. Um, Loosening
0: taxation, which of course we know is never going to happen. But property transfer tax, speculation tax, empty homes tax, vacancy tax. All these things are crippling measures to try and slow. um, Where you've got people that are holding uh, summer cabins, for example. Holding second homes for whatever. Um, I just... I don't think it's right. I think it's, again, another crippling method that uh, they're using, which I'm sure has brought inventory in, but it has definitely not uh, dropped the price of said inventory, which is apparently the goal, make things more affordable. I mean, uh, so it's a way to scapegoat the red tape that developers and builders have to go through to get more inventory to market.
1: I mean that the balance, and we'll call it a balance because that's what it's pushed out to the public of as balancing the real estate market that the government has and what their incentives are. It's not really a balance because the real estate market is a billion-dollar industry to the government. <laughs> so that's a, what we're going to get into next, which so, is the, the main problem. So anything, all of these incentives, are essentially taking money out of their pocket. It's already contributing way more. So it necessarily needs to, and I don't, definitely don't think we're seeing that coming back into the communities in which we're living in with how much it brings in. Definitely not. So that's, that's, that's but, a whole other conversation in and of itself. So again,
0: that, how much money the government, how, much, how, much, how many layers of taxation there are that are paying them, so they're getting paid by the industry to the tune of billions, as we know, yet they're chirping from the top, we need to make this cheaper, we need to make
1: this cheaper, just like... Well, how much can you tax the same dollar? Right, you're taxed when you get paid, and then you're taxed when you purchase the property, and then you can keep taxing for forever.
0: (laughs) Right? Gas prices are up, let's add more carbon tax, same thing. So, a big part of that, taking it back to the source, minimizing community contribution payments from developers. Um, So, the West End, I know specific developments that are almost finished right now, had to pay, like, high 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 six to seven figures to local community groups mm-hmm. which is not the developers responsibility they're yeah. here to build homes and you add things like that these mandatory costs okay you want to redo the, the street out in front you want to redo the sidewalk out in front but they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing because again the developers there and they're handling these these units they're going to go to market and sell no matter what the market is but where do you think that money is getting passed on to obviously if you have to pay millions more to do these things the unit costs are gonna go up so it's taxation from the front end taxation from the back end that's getting all these developers have a very bad rap in general Um, the greedy developer blah 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 but they're bound by their own set of rules and taxation which of course pushes the price up which is more crippling
1: i think there needs to be incentives as well as well for the i'm going to say the smaller time developer for lack of a better phrase here but the people who are buying plots of land and trying to build triplexes duplexes and whatnot as well because that's a. I, I actually don't know what the number is i'll be interested to find find that out how many of those are rife in vancouver we'll say because they contribute a lot And to the inventory to the inventory. And I mean, they typically work on more tighter, restricted budgets. So a lot of these big developers, they have they have to exactly like you said, they have to come in and pay these amounts to other sides here. They have to put money aside for legal fees and all of that. They're much more big budget. But there's a lot of the, the smaller time mom and pop shop developers will say who make a big difference that kind of go unnoticed and they're operating on a much smaller budget. So incentives to them in order to make it more appealing in order to build I think that's going to be the key because I think the problem that people have when it comes to development is we don't want everything knocked down and high rises. We don't want like multi-family units built everywhere. And it's okay, I get that, but then the balance is you can still have a community and a street light feel to something like a duplex and a triplex because it's basically one smaller structure. So you've got to incentivize these people to do that.
0: Yeah. And that's the last point, incentivizing builders and developers. I think they're a huge aspect and they they will... I think they're going to build product like that that's really going to keep communities feeling similar, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have these dramatic changes like you're seeing on the corridor streets now. But the developers, the big developers, can build at mass, mm-hmm. and that's what, again, the narrative of the government currently is. We need more inventory, and, and there's a variety of different things. Um, I think that is definitely part of the problem, and giving the developers tax breaks, tax deferrals, any levels of incentives will assist in, again, speeding up the process. These are the guys that are gonna get the staff to, to hammer the nails and pour the concrete, so we need to get them incentivized. So I think there's a lot of crippling going on, which we've we've talked to, but I think there's a lot more ways that they could incentivize positively to get an end result, which is basically more homes at cheaper prices to the masses while they're feeding Yeah. Into the pot of new Canadians every year that are adding to the pressure.
1: I think people would feel a lot more comfortable. I mean, I certainly would, even though these things take time. If you're putting the resources and time into looking at those things that are actually going to make a difference, rather than coming up with all of these things like this cooling off period, which is too late, the foreign buyers tax, which inevitably is too late, it's all these things which don't make any difference to everybody it's the things like the speculation tax etc it's it's not actually making a difference to everyday vancouverites um who are, yeah. who are actually looking to purchase in here you're not making a difference at all whereas people can be a lot more happier if there's okay look we're putting some resources into these things which are actually going to make a difference we're not we're not just trying to come out with some sort of token thing to say, look, we're helping and everyone's like, okay, well, how? How is it helping? It's not doing anything for us. Because I feel this is something that we've been speaking about, not just us in particular, but for years. Everyone for years about situations are getting worse and worse and worse. So obviously what's going on and what's happening is not working. So it needs to be, to be honest, more of a deep dive, look into the things that are actually going to make a difference. But As we know, for example, the cooling off period, it says realtors were consulted. Realtors were told about it, we kicked off massively, and they slightly amended it to appease. But when you're not having the conversations with the right people who are seeing it on a day-to-day basis, you're not gonna come up with the right answers. Inspectors
0: were consulted. Of course, inspectors are going to like it because they're forced into the equation. So it's, it's again, not to say anything bad about them. We love them and we think every deal should have an inspection tied to it. But obviously, they're going to be part of the rah-rah uh, because they're tying them in closer to the deal to get more business. But that's not an incentivizing point of view uh, to, again, the people, to help the people achieve what they want. i I think that's unless you had
1: something else uh, just a note on the cooling off period as well when it's quiet it's not going to make a difference because you can have your subjects on there you're not in the competition level that you were when it was super busy and so if you can have seven days to do your subjects you're going to take that over three days especially when you're not competing in multiple offers so i don't really think it's going to make too much of a difference but when it gets busy we'll start seeing the negative effect of it Um, and when it was during covid if you ask for an inspector. If you said, hey, I need you out within the next three days, they'd have been like, good luck, I can get you next Friday. And it's well, Monday. The and then way. if you I'm saying realistic. that you need financing as well, like the banks were saying, usually we typically aim for five business days, seven days subjects. The banks were saying we need 10 days because we have so many applications. So this three days is really just- It's not realistic, it's not practical. It's, it's extremely backwards. So I'm, I'm really kind of shocked by it, to be honest. And it's actually been moved forward with how much pushback there has been from the inside. but. I think that rounds us up for the today. I mean, thankfully, it's not a blistering hot day, and it's been extremely comfortable to stand out here, and my back is not soaked through with sweat. Uh, oh, thankfully, because we're in the shade. But I think that pretty much wraps us up.
0: You got questions or comments? Write them below. We'd love to discuss these points with you and see what you
1: think. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe, of course, yeah. But we are hearing your feedback, and we will see you next, next week. week.